0: Hey, moms. Welcome to this episode of the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. If you've read The Unhurried Homeschooler and enjoyed it, I really want to encourage you to check out The 4-Hour School Day because it's like an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. You can find all three of those books at Amazon. You can find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned I also want to let you know that I have an online mentoring course. And in this budget-friendly mentoring course, I encourage moms to simplify, slow down, and enjoy their homeschool days with confidence and courage. This online mentoring course will include workshops that help moms grasp what unhurried homeschooling looks like during each of their children's developmental stages along with lists of resources that I've found helpful over the years. The videos can be watched whenever it works for you. The course also includes extra workshops on mom self-care and nurturing your marriage throughout the homeschool years. I really encourage you to check that out. I'll leave a link in the show notes or you can just go to the theunhurriedhomeschooler.thinkific.com. So moms, I have a question for you. Are you experiencing signs of burnout? Burnout is really a common problem for homeschool moms. We all know that. But my question is, what would it look like to live a more grace-paced life? You know, the holidays um, bring with them the perfect opportunity for burnout. So I wanted to talk about what it means to live a grace-paced life along with some practical ways that we can move toward that. Now, I try to be really careful when choosing books that might be considered, quote unquote, self-help, because I want to be sure that I'm staying grounded biblically in all areas of my life. It can be so tempting to align ourselves with the ideas of self-actualization or becoming our better selves as as it pertains to the worldly definition, when what we really need is to simply walk in obedience to God who faithfully continues the work of sanctification in our lives as believers. So that being said, I can tell you that God has used several books over the years to impact me toward more faithful obedience to God. And Refresh is one of those books. In fact, if you've been listening for a while, you know I've already mentioned this book a couple of times. But when I feel tempted to search for a new book to help me in a particular struggle. I've learned to pray first and ask God to bring what He wants. I pray for a book, if that's what He chooses to use, uh, to land in my lap in a way that only He can accomplish so I can invest time and attention to it with confidence. So I took this book, Refresh, to the beach last August. I read it carefully and prayerfully, and God was so faithful to highlight exactly what I needed in that particular season. And I'm actually still walking out those disciplines today, and I'm seeing such good fruit. I am thrilled today to have the author of Refresh joining us. Uh, Shona Murray is the author of. Uh, she's the mother, first of all, of five children and has homeschooled since 2002. She's a medical doctor and worked as a family practitioner in Scotland until she moved to to the United States with her husband, David. She is the co-author of Refresh, um, Embracing a Grace-Paced Life in a World with Endless Demands. Shona, welcome. I'm so thankful you're here today. Thank you,
1: Tarana. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I have a passion for this and... I'm very glad of the opportunity to hopefully help some of your listeners to avoid some of the pitfalls I did.
0: That's wonderful. I, I'm so grateful that you were able to be here with us today, but you write about learning uh, to live a grace-paced life. And I, I love that phrase. Um, it's just such, it's such a great description, but what does this mean and practically look like for women? Okay. Well, I think the key word, the key word here actually is Grace.
1: Um, as moms, as women, as whether we're homeschooling or, or ministering to others, we live our lives uh, often focusing on giving grace to others, and we forget that we need to be receivers of grace as well. And mm. the, the the grace is God's grace, and that is what's going to impact everything we do uh, in the most um, significant way. So, what does that look like? God gives us five gifts of graces, if you like. The first one is he gives us motivational grace. And what that means is I'm not living um, in a legalistic way or um, out of trying to earn my salvation. I'm living out of gratitude for my mm-hmm. salvation, uh, out of gratitude to God. And that is going to impact me in in avoiding the pitfall of legalism. Um, I must please people, I, I have to reach other standards. It's also going to prevent or help prevent idolatry of beauty, of fashion. Idol- idolising your kids, idolising your husband or career, idolising money and technology, and whatever it can be, anything. Um, the key point is that we are motivated by love to the Lord. And that is what uh, gets us up in the morning and gets us going. The second gift of grace that God gives is what I like to call moderating grace. Christ says my uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is not perfectionism. Mm. Uh, we drive ourselves on and we beat ourselves up because we don't match favorably either with our own standards of perfectionism. And we laugh sometimes when we talk about I'm OCD or I'm a perfectionist, but actually, it can cause a lot of emotional, physical, dam- and spiritual damage. Um, so we need to remember that that God we're driven by not matching up to other's expectations. So mm-hmm. What comes into that? Things like Facebook, Pinterest, mommy blogs, um, anything out there that makes us say, "I I have to match up with that." No, God does not look at what we do in that way. Mm. The third uh, grace, I would say, is multiplying grace. It's important that we grasp that it doesn't all depend on us. Um, The nurture, the education of our children, um, their salvation doesn't depend on us. Mm -hmm. And that we're encouraged that every little thing we do, every step we take in the direction of loving our kids, providing for them, teaching them, living a godly example in front of them, God blesses that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Satan will buffet us every day. You're not doing Mm -hmm. enough. You're not doing Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. This will happen to them because of you. If I fail today in this, then this will happen. But it's no, it depends on God. Um, And I think that's illustrated very much in the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, Apollos and Paul and different disciples, apostles were sowing and watering. He said, God gives the increase. Mm -hmm. Let's remember that.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I remember and I've told this story before on the right. podcast, just feeling exactly what you're describing. Um, just never enough. It's never enough. And never yeah, and and then the Lord just was so gracious and said, You know, think about the loaves and the fishes. Right. Bring to me what you have to offer. He didn't ask the disciples for what they didn't have. He asked for what they did have. Wow. And they brought what they had and he multiplied it and made it more good. than enough.
1: Yeah. And God also gives us the grace of releasing control over to him. Mm -hmm. We measure ourselves by our achievements and our failures and our disappointments, but God doesn't. He's in control. And the more we can hand these things over to him, then um, we're released from that burden of responsibility, which is not ours. Mm, And and our identity comes into that as well. We're not defined by our successes. We're not defined by our kids' Academic successes um, were defined by who we are in Christ, and Mm -hmm. we I was much more inclined to attribute my successes to God, but failures to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And lastly, also just remember that God gives us refreshing grace of where we receive His spiritual refreshment in His Word, Christian fellowship, um, and physical creaturely needs that we have: sleep and rest, Sabbath hobbies, friends, exercise, all these are God's gifts and he does intend for us to use them so that we can thrive and serve him better.
0: I love that. So good. Um, You know, you write in the book that you struggled through a season of depression and I love that you were vulnerable and and told that story um in, in in quite a bit of detail because i think it's important for people to understand um one of the biggest struggles when you are experiencing depression is feeling like you're completely alone and no one else feels what you're feeling and yet it seems as though it's a common uh, it's it's not an uncommon thing to struggle through especially as moms and as homeschooling moms so I love that you shared that, but tell us the story, a bit of the story and how you learned to live life at a more sustainable place, pace. And I think sustainable is the key word here. I I love that, um, that, that particular word because it it just paints a picture of, I can continue to do this. This is something that I can actually do instead of constantly, like you mentioned before, thinking about all the things we can't do Mm -hmm. or aren't able to accomplish. Um, this is a, this is moving towards something that is sustainable. Right, and I think that's the the key word
1: is sustainable. You know, if we want to do this for the long term and do it well, we have to take take stock and and evaluate how that how we're we going to achieve that goal. Um, and my struggle, the first thing, I, I mean, for me, my emotional, physical um, world had collapsed, and the serious spiritual consequence for myself. I had quite depressed mood and. Significant spiritual symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I was addressing the spiritual first, but the focus really should have been the physical, mental, emotional. But I sought my dad's counsel. He was a pastor. So, this spiritual input for someone else's input and um, objective evaluation of your life is important. Mm-hmm. I had that support as well from my husband, who was a pastor, as well as my husband. So, Share these uh, stresses and burdens when you're reaching that cracking point with your pastor or a close fit Christian friend who can help you um, review your life with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but key to me for me was um, not getting enough sleep, not getting enough relaxation. Um, I used to exercise a lot, I was very athletic when I was young, and I realized that I'd practically given that up. Um, even though I knew, and I know today more than ever, that physical exercise is vital for your physical health, as well as your emotional health. And I did, I say, your spiritual health as well. Um, also, getting help, practical help, we cannot do it all. Um, full-time mum is a full-time mum. You mm-hmm. add homeschooling, that's a full-time job. Um, If you happen to be a pastor's wife, which many of us were are, that's another significant contribution to, you know, a big part of our life. If you're actively involved in your church, that's another part of your life. Um, And it's realizing that you actually cannot do all these things Mm, uh, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. the max and thrive. You need to to identify what are your unique gifts from God. Mm -hmm. Um, Also... I, I recognized the importance of realism in my devotions. So oh my. I had this uh, idea that I had to read long portions of scripture and spend a lot of time um, rather than recognizing my limitations and focusing on short, small portions of scripture and time to meditate, go mm-hmm. out, exercise mm-hmm. at the same time as reflecting maybe on what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, always thinking I'm not doing enough. I'm not reading enough spiritual books. I'm not reading my Bible for long
0: enough. Again, realization of your limitations. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, getting away from that legalism. Um, That's absolutely right. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about this off and on on the podcast. I keep going back to this, this phrase that another author shared in her book and on the podcast. And it's just this simple phrase um, uh, he is God and we are not. And right. and her point was when we fully embrace that, anxiety just sort of disappears. Um, but right. recognizing our human limitations, that was something that really stood out in the book to me. Um, the solitude you mentioned, the exercise, um... Just changing those few things has made such a difference. I take a walk every morning for thirty minutes, right. and it sort of doubles as my time of solitude. And it, it's it, it's amazing the difference that it makes. I'm um, just those few little things, and I shared some of these things in a in a previous podcast where I was talking about anxiety, and they came from the The suggestions, a few of them came from the suggestions that you made um, in your book because they are just, I know that it's true. Like I have seen it happen over the many years that I've been a mom, you know, I'm turning 55. I've, I've been a mom for 31 years, but we forget, you know, and we forget the things that are so simple and yet so powerful. So I love that, um, you're bringing these back into focus again for us.
1: And I just want to say that we do forget, you know, I sometimes have to reread my own book in my mind. I know. (laughs) Because we're fallen creatures, we have have a tendency to to revert to default, Mm -hmm. which is if you're driven, you're driven. Um, And we need to be reminded and sometimes God God says, hey, you need to get back to first principles. Um, And I just want to emphasize too, the importance of sleep. Mm. um we we need more sleep than men, many mm-hmm. minutes more because we multitask so much, our brains yes. are more complex, and just a reminder too that we're sleeping a lot less than our forebears were sixty years ago, mm. one hours less, and that fact alone says something to us about what are we how much are we valuing this body that God has given us- mhm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, I heard someone recently say I was sharing with a friend. Actually, we were talking about some of the things that you talked about in your book, and she said that her doctor, which I think this is wonderful, her doctor told her, you know, whenever you feel guilty for for having to do something for yourself, like take a walk consistently or take a break. Um, because you're recognizing your human limitations. She said, just, just say to yourself, I care about my health. Therefore, I'm going to fill in the blank, take a walk, take a nap, eat some good food, you know, (laughs) Uh, get more sleep, you know. And sometimes that actually means saying no as well to good things. That's right. That's right. We can be saying no to very good things, but they're not the best things. Right. Very, I love that. Okay. So, Can you give us some warning signs of burnout? Because sometimes we don't even recognize when we're burnt out. And that was another thing that I didn't realize until I read your book. Oh, I'm actually suffering from burnout. I thought something's terribly wrong and has been terribly wrong for a while. (laughs) Um, What, you know, what is it? God, give me wisdom, give me wisdom. And then as I read your book, I was like, oh, this is what's happening. So share some warning signs of burnout with the moms.
1: Right. So I would uh, break that up into four categories, emotional warning signs, mental cognitive warning signs, physical warning signs and spiritual ones. Mm -hmm. Um, As women, homeschooling moms, most times it's going to be emotional initially, most Mm -hmm. times. Um, Mm -hmm. Just an overwhelming, pervasive sense of sadness begin crying a lot for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. that sense of loneliness, like an island and mm-hmm. surrounded by the people you love, but just feeling detached. Mm. Um, just not that emotional connection, even with your kids and, right. and you know, critically is losing your joy, joy and mm-hmm. losing your joy in life, where mm-hmm. you're to see the world through a very kind of dark filter. And um, also, the, um, Tending to see the dark side of everything, yes, uh, focusing yes. on the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, my response to that was push myself harder, which was the wrong thing to do. Right. Um, under mental cognitive symptoms, you know that whole um, aspect of uh, feeling f- that you're a failure. If that is becoming an increasing um, uh, tune that you're 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 hearing, um, that you're a failure as a Christian, as, mm-hmm. as a mom, as a wife. As a daughter, um, that's a warning sign. Inability to concentrate, especially on your devotions. Um, I found I was reading my Bible. I was looking at verses, and it was as if there was a wall between my eyes, and mm-hmm. her it just did not. I couldn't process. I would walk away and I have no recollection of what I just read. Mm. Overwhelming guilt. Guilt is a big thing, and there is a guilt that's appropriate for our sins before God. Right. That leads us to uh, repentance and forgiveness. This is a different kind of guilt, what I would call generalised, a mummy guilt. It's guilt about everything. Mm. blaming yourself, myself, for everything that was wrong. Things that you really have no control over. Um, the obsessional tidiness, cleanliness part of it. You know, running around late at night, having... Mm. making making sure everything's clean, everything's tidy, can't go to bed until everything is exactly the way it should be. And that spills over into, um, involves other family members too, and you become demanding of them. You become mentally very exhausted through that. Uh, Sometimes it's physical symptoms that present first, palpitations, your heart pounding or or a weight sitting on your chest. Um, Maybe you've lost your appetite. Others, it's just constant fatigue. I'm tired all the time. I don't Mm -hmm. know why. Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to go to the doctor. And then maybe the doctor will find nothing physically wrong. Um, But it's important that you evaluate what else, what what does my lifestyle look like? Mm -hmm. I could be doing this. And then I I would also say there are spiritual warning signs as well. Um, That sense of losing your connection with God, where prayer becomes really hard. that sense of loneliness, the sense of God has abandoned me, um, the sense of terror and confusion that I, I experienced that. Um, and just um, like a constant audio tape running around your mind of taking all of God's condemnations in the Bible and condemning yourself with them mm-hmm. and refusing the comforting verses. Mm. Um, that is a warning sign that Uh, spiritually you're not doing well and often it's because you're not doing well full stop um, emotionally or physically or cognitively Um, and in any one of these things it's so important to be able to open up to someone else if you can open up to your husband that Mm -hmm. is the ideal yes, yes Um, open up to a fellow believer a woman you trust again, you know it's important that you have that confidence in, in someone else that they're not going to abuse that confidence. Go to your doctor if you have symptoms like that that are running for two weeks and beyond. Mm. Um, that impacts, you know, the emotional ones I've talked about, the physical ones. Um, and even sometimes your family can say, hey, mom, there's something wrong with you. And you, mm-hmm. you listen to them and say, what do you think is wrong with me? And Be willing to be
0: open and honest about where you really are at and get the help that you need. Yeah, that's so important. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier just that uh, being real and raw uh, with God. um, Sometimes when we're burnt out, you're... you mentioned there's, it feels like there's a barrier there. And one of the things that, a couple of things that I know have helped me sort of slowly bring that barrier down is thankfulness, gratitude, yeah. um, really starting to focus on what can I be thankful for right in this moment, whether it's this comfy chair I'm sitting in, just anything like present right there in front of me, my cup of coffee or whatever. And then also just telling the Lord exactly how I feel. He already knows. Like I, there's, I don't need to hide anything from him. He already knows, but it's so good for my soul to express it to him. And as I do that in detail and, and then tell him what, it, what am I really wanting? What do I really want? You know, um, what is my heart's desire? You know, I want to be more present with my children. Um, You know, just, I, I want to have a sense of that I'm not failing all the time and just bring that, be honest with him and and continue to do that. And as I've done that, it's like the Lord has been so gracious to just reveal things to me that have helped me recognize what was happening and how to move towards more grace. Because um, at the end of the day, the burnout is really just a huge lack of, of grace, of, of walking in the grace that God has for us. Um, That is so
1: true. Um, Yes. And if you combine that, you know, we all have our tipping point. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're living on that max of emotional, um, you're using up all your emotional, physical, um, cognitive resources, and then a stressful life event comes in on top of that. It can be just a straw that breaks a canvas back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was the combination of stressful life events and forgetting God's receiving grace, that Mm -hmm. especially physical grace uh, of just constantly giving, giving, giving and not receiving. That really is what caused the damage. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can get to a point where you, you can't fix the spiritual immediately until you've fix the emotional, physical causes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the further you go into a burnout, the the harder it is to get back out of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, you talk about the physical part of it um, and you had mentioned earlier that we're morally obligated to get the sleep that we need. That was something that was sort of a new twist or a new perspective that I hadn't ever heard about being morally obligated. And you explained it really well in the book, um, That, but that we're morally obligated to get the sleep that we need. And so what do you mean by this? Can you clarify the, a little bit?
1: Yeah. So um, I think, it, again, it comes to understanding that we are a physical, not a disembodied spirits, if you like. Um, we are physical God-created sleep. Um, And some of the Psalms, among other parts of Scripture, refer to that. Um, God says in Psalm 127, it is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Um, In Psalm 3, you have David saying, I lay down and slept, I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I mean, you've got Psalm 4, um, in peace I will both lie down and sleep you alone O lord make me dwell in safety so clearly god teaches us in his word that sleep is his gift and it's you know we refuse it or if we misuse it if we don't get enough sleep or even if we get too much sleep which is for some people is a problem as well Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. we can idolize sleep deprivation simply by idolizing productivity therefore Um, I want to be known for how much I do, my productivity, therefore I will sacrifice sleep. Uh, We can also mistake uh, view sleepless loss, or should I say, sleep sleep deprivation as um, spirituality. And oftentimes we've read books, historical books, of Christian heroes or heroines, and it seemed like they didn't sleep at all, hardly. Um, They would be up. Through the night praying, maybe all night praying, and we make this our standard that mm-hmm. that is true Christianity. But the Bible is our standard, and the Bible tells us that God gives us sleep. Um, and, and sleep is a faith issue. When I sleep, um, I believe God's looking after my family and my work. It's mm-hmm. time to stop. It's time to leave the rest to Him. Um. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm saying I believe that he created me and I need to live according to the designer's instructions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if we don't sleep, we, it impacts our ability to concentrate, it ab- our ability to function through the day. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It causes you're much higher risk of developing anxiety and depression um, if you're d- deprived of sleep. And we are actually sleeping probably two hours less than people did 60 years ago.
0: So, what was was the
1: average? The actual average average. back then was probably in the region of eight to 10 hours. Okay. Whereas now we're sleeping five, six hours, something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In actual fact, an interesting fact is Margaret Thatcher used to sleep four hours a night in her heyday. The interesting thing was that she. um, Not long after she was Prime Minister, she developed dementia and didn't live a particularly long life. Uh, Loss of sleep does cause brain damage as well in the long term. Um, But also there are social consequences. A hundred thousand road accidents a year, traffic accidents, are caused by what they call DWE, driving while exhausted. Mm. Um, that's equivalent to drunk driving. So wow, th- that that makes it a moral issue. And um, mm-hmm. as moms, we're guarding kids around. You know mm-hmm. that that adds the responsibility even
0: more. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. If we don't sleep,
1: the, the incidence of depression is
0: ten times increased, mm-hmm. and for anxiety, mm-hmm. it's multiplied by seventeen. Wow. Through insomnia. It, it's such a simple way to avoid so many problems, it is. Um, you know, so just if a mom just started there and, and then, you know, get, start getting good sleep and then add the walking in and the solitude and just take baby steps, but keep moving that direction. um, It's amazing the change that will happen. Um, And I'm always encouraging moms to, uh, create a rhythm and a routine at home with their kids that allows for breaks and naps. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, th- that was a required thing at our house. Every afternoon was a quiet time for at least an hour and a half to two hours, even when my kids were way past nap time, Right. because I knew I needed it. I couldn't be the mom that I needed to be and not have that block of time every day. And uh, in it's, it, it served our family really, really well. So yeah. I love that. Um, the Bible. Well, go ahead. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I was
1: just going to say John Piper. Actually, uh, he wrote a book on, on Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, and his depression. And he mm-hmm. says in the book, "I am um, emotionally less resilient when I lose sleep. For mm-hmm. me, adequate sleep is not a matter of staying healthy; it's a matter of staying in the ministry. Mm. Uh, is I it rational that? that my future should look bleaker when I get four or five hours sleep seven nights in a row?" Um, I commend sufficient sleep to you for the sake of your proper assessment of God and his promises. So there you wow. see the link between not just physical, emotional benefit or importance, but the spiritual as well. Mm. Um, and mm. I do think um, the risk of falling into sin uh, and moral failure is is increased
0: when we're living at a pace of life that doesn't allow for enough sleep. Absolutely. Absolutely, and the the, one of my big takeaways that I uh, from your book that I have gone uh, has gone through my mind over and over and over again is um, when I respect and honor my human limitations, I am respecting and honoring God as my Creator, and that has helped me um, because I'm like you, just you know, I, I I'm a push myself type of person, person way past what, what I should, um, yeah. if left to myself. And so that was just such a great, uh, thing to be, you know, meditating on, um, that it was actually an act of worship for me to say, I'm, I'm at my limit and I need to stop now. Right. It's submission. It's yes. yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God but Christians still often live frantic lives. So I'm wondering how can we learn to be still in the midst of a busy schedule? I'm sure that is every mom's question who's listening right now. Yes,
1: Doreen, I'm sure it is. It's a very challenging. Um, I think it's important to, first of all, still your mind and um, our minds are full up with information and noise and coming from multiple different sources. So we need to be able to mm-hmm. turn some of that noise off and um, so that God will speak. Practically speaking, we can do that by turning off our technology, by making mm-hmm. space so that we have time to just sit or time to walk alone, undistracted. Sometimes that's easier to do in the morning before kids get up, especially Bible reading. Um, but if we can't get that opportunity, then to get someone, enlist somebody's help, enlist dad's help, enlist a friend's help. Can I get, can you help me get some space in the day where I can just be alone, and to mm-hmm. reflect on God, to reflect. And also not just the spiritual, but just to to do something that you enjoy. To mm-hmm. do that exercise, to go and have that coffee, to, to um, just be and um, going outside if the weather's good and just looking up and seeing the world and its sheer enormity, God's universe, helps you to see your own little uh, house and problems in a much smaller light. Um, but you need that time alone to, to be able to do that. But the focus has to be spiritual um, and then time just to be to pay attention to your physical needs exercise Mm -hmm. and whatever it is that kind of gives you that mental emotional break Um, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. means you don't use that time to do more housework or to do more prep for the next lesson it's time that it it takes self-discipline because everything's pulling at you I've got this to do and that to do the next thing to do and it's It's a hard self-discipline to say, no, I I am called to stop, called to switch off technology, called to switch off Facebook, um, not to get distracted by all the stuff that's going on and just simply to be and to take in the enormity of this world, its beauty, its blessings. Um, One of the things I like to do is go fishing. I can do that now. For years, I didn't because my kids were younger. I now, when we have one child of school age left at home, um, I now actually put to our, he goes to our church elementary school because he's a loner. <laughs> he's alone. He, his older siblings have all grown up, but um, and I am now able to do things like go fishing, and it the it, the benefit of getting outside away from technology being remote, even switch your phone off um, and you, you feel the air, you see the trees, you hear the water running, you see the sky and you see God in these things. It, it's a wonderful way to just simply reflect on, on God's mm-hmm. majesty, mm-hmm. especially in this world, especially now where we are. Um, everyone's clamouring for your attention.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And I think that whole, uh, you know, bringing it back to the original uh, scripture that was mentioned. What is it that you can do that will help you be still right. and know that He is God? And it does look differently for everybody. I, I know for me, going sometimes going back to what I did as a kid, I would sit on the back porch and watch the clouds go right. by. And just be quiet and so sometimes just going back to some of those things that we found comforting as a child even can be um can really truly be refreshing and help us um with that being still and knowing that he is God so it can and I think we've fallen into the
1: trap of I find for myself at least I'm sitting still and I'm doing quiet and there's this little voice that's saying to me you should be doing something Mm you should be doing Mm -hmm. something and it's it's, I have to speak back to myself. No, God mm-hmm. says, be still. God is pleased when I take that rest. Mm-hmm. Pleased when I, mm-hmm. Actually, my husband is good at telling me to do to take that <laughs> break. And uh, sadly, over the years, it's, you know he's had to remind me, you've got to take that time just for yourself. Don't feel
0: your guilty about that. It's actually God honoring. It is God honoring. And it's really a posture of humility. Yeah. Um, again, we're but through our actions. We are saying that He is God, and we are not. And and I think that is just such an important and beneficial posture to be taking on a regular basis. But. Um, this time together has been wonderful. Um, We're going to wrap up this episode, but there's going to be a second episode, Moms, where we're going to be talking more about moving from burnout to a grace-paced life. So I hope you'll join us in the next episode. Um, Shona, would you close us in a word of prayer? Will do. Thank you. Dear Lord,
1: we thank you that you are a wonderful, caring, loving, compassionate Savior that you understand our physical and emotional and spiritual and mental needs because you lived it in this world from a babe to your death. Lord, help us to understand that you do understand even better than we understand ourselves. Help Amen. us to put our hearts out to you and to trust you, to follow the Maker's instructions and wash us from our sins for Jesus' sake. Amen.
0: Amen.